episode 14, episode 14. Featuring, featuring Drew Scott. Drew Scott. Let's go in. Tight Zone World, episode 14. My guest this week is Drew Scott of Something Complex, Black Sage, and the new one-man operation, Drewcifer Scott. It's going to be a tight conversation. This episode is sponsored by The Lineup Room, a recording and mixing studio located in Baltimore, MD. Check out lineuproom.com to see what it's all about. We're also sponsored by Mike Riley Comics, killing it with these old-school album cover homages. Check him out as well. Let's Let's go go in. in. I grew up um, in Severn, Maryland, um, up until I was probably like 10 or 11. But those years, it was just, I lived in like a really shitty neighborhood lower income and I don't know I was pretty isolated kid pretty quiet kept to myself Mm. just being my brother but um the neighborhood wasn't easy definitely was like one of the only white families so that's always weird being like minority I guess but um it was cool you know was it like rural kind of or not not necessarily just kind of like townhomes that just like popped up yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of these, like, suburban hoods. Yeah, it's definitely sort of... a suburban hood, definitely. Yeah. Um, but then from there, I lived in, um, my mom moved me and my brother to Cape May, New Jersey, which is, like, complete culture shock from where I came from. Mm. So, What's Cape May like? Cape May is just, like, a beach town, basically. So the winters are, like, ghost town. Yeah. The summers are just like tourists from Philly in New York. Okay. That come down for the summer for like a week or whatever. So And is can, it nice kinda? Yeah, it's really nice. Cool. It's really pretty. In the winter it's pretty dismal. But that I mean, I always thought that was cool, you know. Especially for making art, you know. Yeah. Like what kind of kid were you? Uh, I was a pretty quiet kid. Like, yeah. I think it freaked people out how quiet I was because I didn't talk much. Um, I didn't have a ton of friends. Pretty much kept to myself. I was a pretty um, artistic kid. Like, before music, I was really into, like, drawing and stuff. Mm. Like, like drawing, painting, and stuff like that. Yeah. I think if you're a quiet person, because I think of myself as a quiet person, too, uh-huh. I think that people just decide a personality for you right <laughs> like yeah like some people really don't like that you're quiet no nah. like what's this dude's problem like and yeah some they're, people they're are, offended that you're so yeah. quiet and then other people are like oh he's like a wise yeah dude. <laughs> <laughs> something like that i'll take the wise over like that guy's a fucking asshole yeah <laughs> yeah totally but you did have some like friends and stuff or were you like pretty like yeah i had like uh a small group of friends. Yeah. Know? Other, like... Like, misfit, outcast types. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, when did you get into music? Uh, I got into music at a pretty young age. My grandfather was, like, a musician. He sang in, like, a soul group. He's from Philly. Oh, wow. But um, he he always, like, 
like pushed it on me like forced instruments in my hand like try this try this and that was like really young and uh he, he tried to teach me guitar but i had no like no interest in it and he had mm. like a little casio keyboard that i used to mess with and i remember being like oh man this is really cool oh yeah and then years later i think i was probably like 16 like i had my first job and uh i saved up enough money to get like a laptop and a in a beat making program oh and, yeah uh, i just like taught myself how to make beats mm. you know like 17 years old yeah and the, and like like what are you at the time like what are you trying to emulate at that time i was into a lot of different stuff um beastie boys was like a tape that i like stole from my mom and the fujis and stuff like that and then um, I got into like more of the the classic hip hop stuff, like yeah. you know, like Nas, Illmatic, and Reasonable Doubt, and yeah, Gangstar definitely, like DJ Premier, like those beats definitely early on. I was trying to emulate. Oh yeah, and yeah. then then I got into more like um, Southern stuff, like mm. Outkast and Goody Mob, and that stuff was like that was my favorite shit. Like once I got. Once I had discovered like Southern rap, I was like, "Oh man, I really like this shit." Mm. What was it about it? I don't know. I think it was like it was kind of like slowed down, you know, and like it was more raw, I think, or something like that. Like the stories were, um, like Outcast is very like Big Boy and Dre, like two very different people. Yeah. And, like, on paper, I don't even know if they would work, you know? Yeah. If you, so, like, something like that was just, like, man, like, it's really cool to be weird and different. Because when the South came out, it was, like, everything was, like, New York or West Coast. Yeah. So the South was just, like, came out of nowhere, you know? And totally. I, I think I related to that aspect of it. I feel like there was an element to those groups that was, like, like them and Goody Mob that was almost, like like more in common something in common with like rock than yeah like definitely or something like yeah. like they seem like they were cool with just being weird or something like, yeah it, like eccentric or right something, you know their influence came from like somewhere completely different than yeah like the new york hip-hop stuff i feel like i i honestly i feel like i missed out on a lot of it particularly outcasts I guess I I think I was down with Goody Mob first, but like mm -hmm. I think I think just because like at my school it was just like the the rap group that like it was okay for white people to like. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I was like that like made me be like, no, nah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah, I think I was like the only kid that was really into southern rap. Mm. Like there was a couple other people. That in I New could Jersey. be like, yeah, in New Jersey especially, yeah. that I could like, like, hey man, you check out this shit yet, or, you know, you know, just like really obscure like Dungeon Family stuff, like yeah. cool, cool Breeze or, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Cool Breeze is so dope. I I Witch only kind of know that one, the one song, like Watch for the Hook or Watch something. Watch for the Hook, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, was his album cool? Yeah, yeah. One thing me and you were talking about one time that. I, I thought was really cool is that 
you you were telling me about we were talking about these old school message boards. Yeah, and you were yeah. telling me about the out being like on yeah. the outcasts. Message yeah, dot com. That's what's up. Yeah, but it's like it's cool to me. Like, like um, Dave Baresi, he he told me he was on some message board in the nineties, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know that that group, kind of a corny name, but it's like like cunning linguists. Yeah, yeah, They're like yeah. That they were kind of like the group that came from that message board, or right? Something. Like right. they all like talked on it and like became a group. Yeah. And, the, and the the people from that message board like still like support them and stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like you were saying a, a kind of similar thing, like like the like I think you were saying like a lot of those people are still like involved with. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I'm still like friends with a lot of those people on mm. Facebook, and those people are all like doing music. Yeah, you know, and it's cool. We're all still in contact. It's like a weird little community of these like super outcast nerds. Yeah, know? yeah. Is there anyone that is still is like touring and stuff like that? Um, there's a kid, uh, Tom Hardy, that Brandon actually knows, but oh, okay. he was doing stuff with Ninth Wonder few years ago but he cool. still puts out stuff. oh that's awesome. but he's kind of like the biggest you know that came from that yeah okay so you got the laptop and you're making beats yeah it's and making like beats. what goes on from there like musically uh, i mean i was just kind of making them like by myself for a while i didn't really show it to people yeah and then i showed it to one friend of mine and he was like man this shit is like really good like mm. I got a friend who raps, like, you should meet him. And yeah. I was like, okay, like, cool, whatever. And uh, he heard it. It was this guy, Just Nice, who who was, like, this larger-than-life figure. He's, like, six foot seven, you know, like, thugged out, like, you know, lives this, like, drug dealer lifestyle. Yeah. And he's just like, man give me this beat, like, this one beat, and he took it, and he, like, recorded over it, like, that night, and sent it back to me, and, uh, I was just, like, holy shit, to hear someone's, like, words over it for the first time was, like, mind-blowing, and he was, like, I want you to be my producer, and then for a few years, I just worked with him, and he, like, he really taught me, like, how to, like, produce, because, like, making beats is one thing, and then producing is, like, He'd be like, let's do the hooks here or the or a bridge, you know, the verses. Like, let's lay it out, you know. Yeah. And we'd actually, like, build the stuff together. And he, I still had this, like, crappy laptop making beats. And he brought me into these studios and stuff where these dudes had, like, really nice equipment. Mm. And uh, Game Changer for, was, for me was when he took me to this spot and this dude had a Korg Triton Extreme which is what, like, the Neptunes and stuff were using at the time. And I saw him work on this thing for, like, hours. And I just, like, like blown away. And, like, that was the next thing I bought. Like, a few months later, I went and bought mm. one of those. And uh, <clears throat> I used that thing for years, but... What was it about the Triton <clears throat> that people liked so much? I think it's... You could just do everything on it. You could sample on it. You could build beats. You could drop drums and it's like an mpc and a sampler and a keyboard really good like since sounds yeah. in one you know i think that's what it was it's just easy to use yeah i think i think 
the thing that I used to use that would be the most similar to that was this keyboard that was called the Motif. The Motif, yeah, yeah. very similar. But I felt like that was lame at sampling. Or maybe mm-hmm. I just didn't, like, fuck with it long enough. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But th- And did you guys put an album out? Um, yeah, I worked on his, like, early mixtapes. Cool. Um, but yeah. And then I just started meeting other people that were doing stuff. Yeah. You know, through the internet. Like, Mike East is one of those people that I met during that time. And he, you know, we would, like, send beats back and forth and, like, compare notes, you know. But I didn't really have any interest in being a rapper, you Mm. know, at that time. And even the, the dude just nice would be like, you got a good voice, man. Like, you should think about it. But, like, I don't have any, like, life experience to talk about, you know, or, fab- you know, or even fabricate, which a lot of rappers do, you know. Yeah. That's interesting. So, uh, and how did you eventually... Eventually. To Ron? I mean, I, I had always written, like, poetry because I was, like, yeah. a sensitive kid, I guess, yeah, yeah. you know. Um. And I think I, you know, I probably did it, like, on the low, like, did some rap songs. Oh, but, yeah. Um, taking it seriously, though, I don't think it was until I moved to Florida and met Josh mm. and started something complex. Like, I had done some, like, solo stuff, like, a verse here and there. I actually had a group with a guy here uh, from Baltimore named Tuchip called um, Influence the Under. And before, he, before, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm jumping back, but this is oh, before no. I moved to Florida. I met this dude, and I started making beats with him, and then we started writing together, and it turned into this group, this duo. And uh, we never really put we put some stuff out, but it like never we never we didn't have like the traction or anything like that. It was just like fun. Yeah. 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 There was no like desire to perform live necessarily mm. until that was when I moved to Florida. I started something complex, and it was like we had the opportunity to do a live, and I started to be like, okay, like this is this is cool. Yeah. Once you start performing your stuff in front of people, you know. Like, by the way, what prompted the move to Florida? Uh, I was just uh, ex girlfriend. Um, I needed to get out of New Jersey desperately. Mm. And Why? I was just tired of it. It was like yeah. I was going nowhere. There was no like, you know, I had just nice. Was making music with him, but it was kind of like I needed to like experience and meet some new people. Yeah, and it was like uh, Florida would be cool, you know. Yeah, it's like vacation land. But, like um, that was where she lived or something. She was going to school down oh, there, oh, so okay. we, I was like, let's fucking move to Florida. You know, yeah. it's better than New Jersey, I guess. Ended up not being much better than New Jersey, but what part of Florida was it? Um, Fort Myers, which is like southwest on the Gulf Coast. That's wild. Very swampy. Yeah. You know, you know, deficit. Mm-hmm. Like I remember talking to him because you know he moved from Florida to Baltimore and like. I remember him being like, yeah, I'm having a hard time figuring out what's going on. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's like, I feel like Florida culturally might be the most different place than Baltimore in America. Yeah. <laughs> Florida culturally is like, 
just bizarre. It really, it's really is. bizarre. It's like there's it's it's such a weird scene. It's like cuz I feel like say like these hip hop shows there's there's definitely like interesting cool things like yeah. they still you can still feel like the roots of like Miami bass and stuff like that yeah, yeah, in a lot of the sure. the like beats and stuff but but it's just the whole like show culture there is just so strange I think cuz everything's so far apart is a big part of it like yeah. everything's so detached yeah you're like technically in the same state as like Miami Right. But you might as well be like in like the middle of nowhere in like Texas or something. Yeah. Miami's like, you know, another country. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But I guess the good thing that came out of there is meeting Josh. Yeah. 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 He's someone I would really like to have on this podcast. Oh, man. I'm a little intimidated just because <laughs> I feel like the conversation could go. In any yeah, direction. It could. It really could. But it's got to go down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, but what, is it, what, you and you guys are very opposite dudes. Oh, way. yeah, definitely. Like, like, um, what was it, what was it like meeting him at first? Uh, it was cool. It was just like, he came over to my house and I was in this little, like, utility closet, basically, which had, like, a hot water heater like a keyboard and a computer mm. and that was where i would just like get down and it was like hot and sweaty and uh, he was like what you doing in here and i was just played him some stuff and he was like oh i do i write some like spoken word stuff and i was like oh cool like we should fuck around yeah and eventually we did and uh it was just fun it was like really fun very like childlike you know like playing you know how and, so uh, I don't know, we were just, like, two kids, like, we can do anything, you know, like, I was like, I don't want to make anything that sounds like anything else, you know, and he was on the same page, he came from, like, metal bands and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I came from making, like, basically, like, gangster rap records. Right, right. So it was, like, we related on, like, Nine Inch Nails and, like, stuff like that, and, like, Outkast and, like, this weird middle ground and I definitely wanted to do more, like, industrial-sounding stuff. And, uh, yeah, from there on, we just started, like, making this, like, sound, I guess. Yeah. That was, like, bass-driven, bass-guitar-driven, you know, like, ran through, like, distortion and grunge pedals and stuff. Yeah. What was it like, like, playing in Fort Myers with that kind of stuff? At first... We met, he had friends that had a band, and they did this, like, open mic thing where they were, like, the house band. And um, they invited us over, and we're like, well, we'll translate your songs, you know, with the band. And we were like, oh, like that sounds fucking awesome. And, like, they took it, and it went in a completely different direction, you know, like live. But, um... In a good way? Yeah, in a good way. Cool. It was It was different, though, but, I mean, it was fun. Definitely get your chops, like, playing with a band live. Improvise, like, because they were, like, a jam band, basically. So every time you jump up, it'd be different. Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to think on the fly. It was more just, like, they they 
did some some representation of right your, they like, had like groove the groove of it and then they yeah. would you know create a variation of it and um you know that was cool and then eventually we were like let's try it over like our beats you know yeah and we tried that and that that went well we were just like aliens to everyone down there though like nobody was doing what we were doing right right was it like these metal dudes that you'd play for no, they right. weren't like metal dudes. It was just like that band was kind of like almost like reggae. Okay. Um, yeah, like jam bandy, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, they definitely they had like a rapper in their group, so like they had like a hip hop like influence element. and element. Yeah. So like it translated well to their crowd. Yeah. What were they called? Um, Strange Arrangement. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are they still around? Yeah, they're still doing cool. stuff in Florida. And, like, how did you guys end up coming back? Well, I was from here, and my ex-girlfriend was from here, and we were just, like, we had spent a few years down there, and it was just, like, you know, let's fucking move back to Baltimore. Yeah. And um, Josh was down for a change, too, and him and Jen were down for the change, and me and my ex moved up here. And then they moved up probably like a year later. Oh, okay. And then we kind of like got back on something complex. Yeah. I remember like coming over to, I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was like laying my verse down for your guys' album. Mm -hmm. Or or just like doing something with Josh or something. And like I definitely got that awesome vibe of just like, two friends like working on shit like yeah. around the clock you know? yeah yeah it's like the computer is kind of like facing each other in the, in the basement yeah like, yeah because in florida we lived together for a while so we like shared a studio space so we were always like working on shit you know and then we we lived together up here for a while too yeah so it was just like it was like second nature you know like what are you doing? What are you doing? Let's, you know, fucking make some music, you know. Or he'd be working on, you know, a, a riff, and then I'd loop it up, and it'd be like, okay, cool, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, when we moved back, to, when we moved back, I remember, like, looking into the scene and seeing, like, you and Burnham and, like, Soul Cannon and stuff, and being like, and the shit's, like, really good. And I was, like, inspired to see that. Oh, that's awesome. That there was, like, that level of, like, hip-hop stuff coming out of here oh that's awesome yeah and everyone's like really cool and not like who the fuck are these guys you know it was just like yeah you know everyone's like really friendly it was really refreshing to like i don't know just like people that are like down to make cool shit that's interesting do you feel like it's like it was very in that sense as well different than like florida and stuff in a sense yeah I think the level of people just doing, like, making better material yeah. was, like, inspiring enough to be, like, like, okay, we should keep doing this. Like, it's worth exploring, you know. I think in Florida we got to a point where, like, you know, that we're just getting weirder and, like, people <laughs> aren't following it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I felt like you guys were working on that album more like intensely than I've ever seen anybody work on album. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It was like I don't know. Josh knows the exact numbers because he 
that's how he rolls. But I think it was like 13 months or something we worked mm. on it. Um, oh, and yeah, you had already put put out a couple projects. Yeah, we had put out too. some yeah. like an album and a couple EPs and yeah. stuff like that. But this that was like the most yeah. intense one. We went into that one like this is our last one, you know. Really? Whether whether yeah, like we were like this is going to be our last one, whether that's true or not. Like like let's make this like the best thing we do because we're working like we're working really hard on this and we got like all these people that were down on it. You know, like you and Easy and, and uh, Burnham was on it. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of like, we both just needed like a break from it, I think, mm. in a sense. Why? I think we just worked so many years on that, you know, yeah. like, I, I, I don't know the exact number, five, six years, something like that. But just came to a point where like, we need to work on other stuff. Mm. And during that, during that making of, Catharsis and I had started my solo album that I'm putting out now and then the Black Sage album yeah. was recorded like within that time time frame, you know. Yeah. Oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. I started we started Black Sage probably like Black Sage only we, we worked on that record for like three months. Like mm. It was like mind blowing how quick we knocked that out, and because um, Black Sage's first performance was something complex release show for that album. Yeah. So, with Black Sage, like, did you feel like everything about it was easier? Uh, it's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a whole different. You're working with a different human being as well. Right. And it's a whole different genre of music. Yeah. Um, that was my first non like rap project. Right, right. It's still me making beats, so it's not really any different to me. But um when you're working with a singer, you know, you kinda have Black Sage the whole point was like to keep it minimal. Like to keep the beats like super minimal and dismal and kind of like cold with these like haunting vocals over top. Yeah. So it was definitely like easier in that aspect. From the time you guys got here, it just seemed like like you guys were pushing so hard to be like let's get this going. Mm-hmm. And and it seemed like I definitely got a sense that it was hard. Like talking to Josh mostly, I got a sense yeah, of like frustration yeah. with him. Like like he felt frustrated like just trying to get in be in a new city and like make moves or whatever yeah and as the black sage stuff it seemed like instantly like oh they have this show and then they have this show yeah black the way that black sage kind of took off was like overwhelming at first Mm. because we didn't even expect anything from that you know we were just like it was like really innocent just like making music in the basement and then Jimmy hears it and is like, I want to put a tape out. And we're like, yeah. oh, shit, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. well, we have these six songs, like, ready, you know. And then Brandon's like, ah, I want to mix these. So I'm like, okay, you know. Yeah. Cool. And then, you know, one after another, like, a door opens very quickly uh, within the span of, like, four months, you know. Yeah. And something complex we're working on for 13 months. I was talking with uh, Frank one time, 
about like how I can't remember what the conversation was. I think we were talking about like the advantage of different kinds of music. Like, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, if you're in a ska band, it's kind of like in a way it's easier because you have like nine dudes, so like right. all their friends will be at the show. Right, right, right. And we we're like, what's the advantage of rap? And we we're kind of like, uh, nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I think just not having not having <laughs> to get the hip hop thing over on anyone just makes it easier yeah it's got like a stigma i think (laughs) (laughs) we've had this conversation especially like being like a white rapper too yeah i don't know you see like someone else to do it and you're like man is that how i look is that how i sound you know (laughs) i don't know it's like a mirror yeah um but yeah i mean baltimore's a tough nut to crack it really generally like if with any music you know yeah like we've talked to for about feeling tired of rap or something, and yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I, which I don't, I've I've keep thinking about it more and more. I feel, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I'm always in a different place with it. You know, like yeah, I don't know. I, and I mean, for me, it's like the old school albums. For example, it's like that's something I can easily like access in my mind like i the inspiration is just right. there but it's like it's like i don't know how do you deal with that i I remember we were just talking one night about like about just feeling very unmoved by rap in general yeah yeah i don't know i mean with rap i've had this conversation with burnham but he's he he put it like We'll get tired of it, but, like, for our generation and people like us, it's, like, that's how we express ourselves. Yeah. It's always going to come back around, you know? Yeah. I think at times it's rather uninspiring, you know? Yeah. Some of the stuff that gets put out and that gets attention can be uh, not very encouraging, you know, if if you're trying to do what you're doing. Right. Um, And then doing the Black Sage stuff that, like, popped off really quick i was like man fuck rap like maybe i'll just you know yeah i'll just you know make electronic shit now but <laughs> yeah and it's like you're still doing the exact same exact thing, same thing yeah but you're just like bypassing the bullshit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think rap is not as impressive as rappers think it is yeah it's like true and, and beats too it's like it's like the way rap is presented, at, in, particularly in a live context, is kind of like, here's this loop. You won't believe it. And it's like, it's like, and <laughs> yeah. here I come with like the crazy bars yeah, and then more yeah. crazy bars and more crazy bars. And it's like, I don't know. I think there's just so many people that can rap well that it's mm-hmm. like, I think the stock of being able to rap well is like nothing. And, and that's okay. But I think people need to realize that. Right. You know, like yeah. I, I think like, like Colin's totally right. It's like rap is our generation's form of expression. Right. Unless you're like a total like white racist, like square. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, in general, that's like what's up. But it's like, I think like rock is to a point now where if you're like really good at guitar, 
you know there's no point in being like, yo, son. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. me play the guitar? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Son. Well, it's like, no one gives a fuck. Right. It's, it's funny because I'm like, like, you're unimpressed. Like you're saying, unimpressed with rap and it's like live. But I find myself unimpressed with rock as well. You know, a lot of the times yeah. going out to see, it's just like, you know, it doesn't strike a chord. It's really more the material, I guess, in the 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 content. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I'm not. I I guess I'm just saying like, some of these other forms of music have moved on to a point yeah. where it's like, yeah. where it's like, okay, we need to figure out what's our thing. Right. Like right. our thing is not just like that we play the guitar. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. I feel like a lot of a lot of raps, to some degree, is kind of stuck. And then it's like on top of that, I think there'll always be like, there'll always be a level of insecurity with rap. I think it'll just never go away because mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just people standing with a mic and then yeah. they have to like justify themselves. So yeah, man. But that's no big deal. It's just like. Yeah, you just got to get over that. Yeah. I, I'm interested like, like with you and Josie, like. How did that project come to be? Uh, I mean, we were just, we were in a relationship and then she was, she had stated that she wanted to sing over beats and I was like, I've always wanted to to do that. You know, I grew up listening to like Portishead. Yeah. And um, I've always loved that. And I listened to stuff like Crystal Castles and Purity Ring, um, which is more on the electronic side. And then... We just started messing around, and uh, like the first song we made was "Consuming," which I think is track three on six tape. But that was done in like one sitting. Like I made the beat, and she laid down the vocals, and it was like done. And it was yeah. like holy shit! Like okay, we have a direction. That's and awesome. you know, all the the subject matter is just like us having conversations. You know? past relationships and the current mm. state of the relationship. It was all very personal. Yeah. So it was pretty easy. You know, it wasn't like we were like, let's write a song about, you know, living on the moon or something. You know? Right. No, nothing conceptual. And like, because you, there's always like, there's like a darkness to like all your projects. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is yeah. that something, do you feel like that came from both of you or like how did it how, how did that yeah that definitely came to be so came from it definitely comes from me and definitely from her as well yeah we're both like on that that level mm. i think that's just where our art is at the moment is in a dark place mm. um not that we're like depressed well i mean we're pretty depressed people but i think that's just like the voice that comes out is mm. from that that dark side like what what is it because I've, I've always been like you know interested in like say like you know like Danzig or something like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always be like what makes people want to stay dark for like 30 years or something like yeah. like what is it in your life like life or something that that you yeah. feel you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's a lot of things. It's probably some mental illness. Probably, uh, I don't know. I can't explain it. That's just, I I don't try and make, like, 
dark music. That's just how right. it comes out, you right. know? And, you know, I think because music is so, like, healing and therapeutic and cathartic, I think if you've got that, like, that weight, yeah, you know, it definitely, it definitely gets channeled through the music. Yeah. You know? I I feel that way, too, I think. I think I feel that way, like, when I finish something that mm-hmm. I feel like is expressing some weird darkness inside of me. It's like, yeah. oh, it used to just be in me, and now it's a so, song. Yeah. It's free now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, like, Black Sage material, like, not all of it is necessarily dark, I think. Yeah. Some of it's, like, haunting, but think you know they're love songs essentially you know for the most part yeah um but sometimes love is a pretty dark place as well yeah i'm i'm always kind of fascinated by couples Mm -hmm. that have a band and then break up as a couple Mm -hmm. and keep doing it yeah yeah y oak is another example right right right. i always feel like it's crazy because it's like like, it's almost like we have to decide between one or the other or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's kind of like either choice is legit, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But like, it was is that crazy being like, we're broken up, but we're still this band? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fucking crazy. Mm. Um, and it's something that we still deal with. Like, we're still like navigating that territory. Yeah. Because it's hard, you know, it's not not easy to like hang around someone that you're like man i don't even know like if i should be hanging out with you you know even on a a music level you know like i don't know if that's healthy for either of us mm. so but we're trying you know we're trying to like write music and some of our i think best material in my opinion has been made you know during this process yeah yeah it's we i guess it adds an extra layer that Mm-hmm. The song, the original songs were about the relationship. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, I think it's cool. Because it's like, you guys were, you guys make good stuff together and you respect each other's talents and stuff, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. And like, like you were saying, it was really uh, surprisingly easy. So it's like, it's not like a chore to write music with Josie. You know? Yeah. It's like very natural and like we're just like a good team, you know, like yeah. we're a good fucking team and that's the bottom line. And the music is we both love the music. So at the end of the day, like we can't let our own bullshit get in the way of that. Mm. And and I guess you're working on this follow up now. It's yeah. Like six tape. Yeah. We're like three songs in, so if we get cracking on it, it shouldn't take too long. I don't yeah. Think. And w- and like, what made you be like, I'm also doing this, this solo mission. Yeah, the solo record. I don't know. I didn't. That was something I never thought I'd put out. Like honestly, I just kind of recorded it sporadically during finishing something complex mm. in Black Sage, and then uh, one day it was just kind of like. Man, like I should revisit this, you know. And um I let some people hear it. Like I let Easy hear it. And I let um Al Rogers hear it. And they were like, 
what the fuck are you doing? Like, you need to put this out. Like, yeah. this is really good stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, I was kind of like in a fog, you know, about the whole thing. Mm. And, um. What? I don't know. I just didn't, like, I think it was part of the thing of, like, rap being, like, not inspiring or. Oh, yeah. You know. But, um, yeah. I've, and I finished it up. It's all done now. And, uh, it's the first thing. I haven't put out a solo record. I'm like, I've been working on music for, you know, over 10 years. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That the first thing I'm happy with, like, as a solo artist to put out. You know, oh, right yeah. Okay. Me and Mickey have been working on new stuff together Sweet. for, like, a new EP. And it's like, I think there's, sometimes there's this feeling, I definitely have this feeling right now about, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, really? Like, another project? Like, <laughs> like another name? To... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, I feel like there's this thing of, like, you know, you're trying so hard, being like, yeah, check it out, something complex, black yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. and being like, and me. And me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely part of probably why I didn't want to put it out. It's just kind of like, people got to be tired of hearing from me, but, but um, it's, it wasn't the case, you know, for the most part. It's like, Man, I don't know. This show at Club K, it's like, it's like you, your presence as a rapper is more like to the forefront, which is really cool. I yeah, think. yeah. I'm com like, I really love it. Like, I honestly love it. Like, I think some of the beats on there, are like some of the fav my favorite stuff, and the verses as well. Yeah, I'm just really like connected to it right now, and it's fun to do. Really fun to do live. I've only done it once, but... Yeah. Know. Many more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So do you got plans, like, to... Like, tour and stuff with the solo stuff? Uh, yeah. I mean, loose plans. I would love to. Um, I just got booked to open for Cage. Oh, yeah. In January, which is, like, a pretty surreal thing. Are you a fan? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been a fan for many years. So that's always, like, crazy when you're, like, and I've been listening to this dude for a long time. And, you know, he's, like, inspiring in many ways because it's very dark as well. And yeah. It's like, you know. I feel like the one tour that you've done is the tour with, with Colin, right? Yeah. 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 And, like, what was that like? That was awesome. It was, like, Colin is, he's, like, he's, like, a fucking ball of fire, you know? He's yeah. just, like... He's always going. And um, I hadn't really known him that well before the tour, you know. We, yeah. We had met, like, a few times. And then you spend, like, 13 days in a row with someone, and you're like, oh, man, like, Colin's the shit, you know. He's such an inspiring and insightful dude. Yeah. And um, that tour was, like, so successful. Like, he was, he was like just saying, like, how awesome it was. And I had no, like, frame of reference because I had never done it before, so. Right. And he was just saying, like, some of the experiences that he had and that he had with you and, and other people in the past. And just saying, like, man, he's like, boys, we're doing good. Like, this is great. You know, yeah. every show we're killing it. And, you know, we're walking out with some money for brunch and gas, you know, like, that's right, tight. Right. And then, uh, it was just cool. It was a cool experience. To perform in front of strangers, like, every night. Yeah. And really, I think that's really how you, like, sharpen your shit. You totally. 
that's something I've realized as someone that takes new people on tour a lot is you have to let them know that it's going well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is good. This is a good thing. Because <laughs> it's not, it might not look incredible. Yeah, there's you know, not much glory or anything. Yeah, but it's like, okay, like 20 people came and paid and they were excited. Yeah. And they bought shit. And then we did good with gas money. It's like basically like A plus. Right. You know what I mean? That's what you do it for. I don't know. Yeah, you, I mean, you just went on tour with um, Easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I feel like with that, it was almost the opposite. It was almost like him being like, this is awesome. And, you know <laughs> and you I mean? being like, this shit sucks. No, no, not, <laughs> not necessarily, but not even thinking about it. Just him being like, just he'd be like, yeah, we played with like great acts, like 10 nights in a row or something. Yeah. I'd be like, you're right. Yeah, that's easy though. He's just like an, a positive human yeah. being, you know. So do you have a release date to take it to present day? Do you have a release date for the solo stuff? Oh, yeah, December 6th. Right? December 6th, yeah. yeah. That's the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know when I'll, like, put it online. But yeah. probably a little before or something like that. Cool, I don't... Man. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. And thanks so much. I guess that about wraps it up. Right on. Well, thanks, man. Thank you, man. Thanks so much to Drew Scott for coming on. And we'll see you next week.